Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. I am the president of the Nolan Richardson Fan Club, Louis Rabot, alongside Zach Cantrell, hanging out with you. Got you for another hour here on a hump day edition of Rabo and Co. ESPN 680 1057. Zach Cantrell after me. It's a fun thing to say. And then, of course, I got Rod Table until 6 o'clock. Get you local uh, here, 7 to 6 every day on week, uh, weekdays, at least, on ESPN 680-1057. Uh, text, I feel like Zach and Process could have been buds. Oh, for sure. That's no, not even – that's <sighs> – until there was a fight like the third day they knew each other over who knew more about the NFL. That would be what would happen, and it's okay. And one's, a, one's an Ohio guy, and one's a Philly guy, and that – Feels like oil and water a little, but I no, I think they'd have been fine. Uh, Texture Reed Shepard is the next Bill Weddington. <laughs> Texture Reed only got to be the hero because he tried to give away the game with two lazy passes before the trip. Uh, look, look, if you want to do the Gandalf route, you are certainly welcome. I was going to say Luke Longley. Can we give him a here? <laughs> Reed is Kurt Rambis with no glasses. Texture. <laughs> oh, real, a real text? Come on. Uh, Burrow is 3-1 and one against the Chiefs. If he's healthy, I'm very excited. And you absolutely should be. Um, Taxter Reed Shepard is the next crack Halo. <laughs> He's the next Mark Price. Oh, man. All right. But it is 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, so it is time for bologna or salami. Get out your mustard, kids. It's time for bologna or salami. Uh, we've had a lot of bologna lately. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner did this last week. He did a pretty good job. Oh, how about that? So we did continue on Did he on write that. the questions? I think so, as far as I know. How about that? Yeah. Man. No, he did good. He did good. But we, I had to carry on that tradition. I couldn't carry on the Canes read tradition, because that's only oh, you no, can no. do Bologna that. Oh, no, no. Bologna needs to happen. Now, sure. Of course yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah, no, no. All right. So let's start with the NFL. And let's start Marvin Harrison Jr., okay. Caleb Williams. A lot of top prospects are not going to be doing their respective drills at the NFL Combine coming up. So, bologna or salami, top prospects not being at the combine actually matters. Huh, okay. Um, okay, so this there's two parts to this because I, I think the combine is more important for guys who are trying to move from, say, the fourth round to the third round. Or the fifth round to the third round. Mm-hmm. Or get drafted at all. Sure. Right? Yep. And a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have a choreographed pro day yeah. in Columbus where he gets everything he wants, the exact guy throwing to him that he wants, etc., etc. So he'll be he'll be fine. Top prospects not going for the combine. I am not a guy who watches the combine. You and I have not hung out during the combine. Do you watch? I assume you do. Eh, to a degree. Okay. I don't watch a ton of I'm it. not – I don't – I want to be also clear about it. If people enjoy watching the combine, fine, have at it. That's fine. Yeah. That, I'm not a – I'm not an absolutist about that in any I, way. I like watching the 40s just to see who's the fastest sure, guy. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, or like the the bench press is fun. Yeah. Like, you know, like random stuff like that. Yeah. My favorite of those is where the receiver runs out and he's got to catch the passes from the four sides. Yes. And watching the hands on that, that's always impressive yeah. to me. Um, but best part, is it important? Oh, does it mean anything? No, just because the pro days are so prevalent, especially for guys at major programs. Yeah, I'm going baloney on this as well. I mean, how many times have we seen like John Ross a couple years ago yeah. got duped by the Bengals because he ran a four two yeah. some forty and he couldn't catch a cold when he was actually playing wide receiver for them? We've seen so many combine heroes not do anything in the at the NFL level. Sure. I, the idea to me that people put more emphasis on what they see in players in shorts in a dome in Indianapolis than what they do on actual college football tape. Like you could quickly tell which scouts watch college football versus who doesn't. I value what you do on tape, what you do in actual games more than the combine, but maybe that's an outdated way of thinking. So I, I, it's baloney. I don't really think 
Caleb Williams not going to the combine. Marvin Harrison Jr. not going to the combine. Doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to overreact. A, a guy could run a 4-2-40. I'm, not, I'm still not going to say, oh, if Malik Neighbors goes and does that, am I going to rank Malik Neighbors over Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, I'm not, because Marvin Harrison Jr. was a better college receiver. Same thing goes for quarterbacks. Let, let's not overreact too much to the combine. It's probably the event that people react to way too much. Got it. There you go. All right, let's do it. I do watch the combine, though. Not a ton of it, but, I mean, it's a, a lot like spring football or the Pro Bowl. People think I'll, I'll get into it. I don't. <laughs> I, I just don't. Okay. Bologna or Salami, we're, we're continuing on the Reed Shepard route. He's the best freshman in college basketball. Okay. Um, so that list is actually not terribly long. Right. Of who the best freshman is this year in the NCAA. I... So an interesting thing that's developed, of course, is that he's the best freshman on his team. Yeah. That is true. I think we can safely say he's the best freshman on Kentucky by now. <sighs> Dillingham might have a higher ceiling, but Shepard has more consistent. So this list is what? Him, Dillingham, Collier at USC. Collier at USC. Hubbard at Mississippi State. Jacoby Walter at Baylor. Yes. Um, I'll throw Miles Rice on that list Miles at Rice. Washington State. Yeah. He's really he's good. very good. Josh Hubbard is obviously one of those guys. Uh, Cody Williams, obviously, at Colorado. Yep. And then, um, boy, oh, boy. I think that would be my list right now. It's not the best freshman class. Is Reed Shepard better than Jacoby Walter? Yes. Is he better than Miles Rice? Oof. I, I wonder how many people have seen Miles Rice because he's at Washington State. That guy can... That dude's just a... Just a everything you love about Reed Shepard, you would love about Miles Rice. Yeah. He's that good of a player. Isaiah Collier is really good. You see the projected top tens, like seven of them are foreign guys or yep. G League guys. French guys, yeah. Yeah. Well, did you, we'll get into that in a minute, but the commissioner sounded... Castle's really good, too. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shepard's better than him. Yes, I agree. I'll go, I'll go Salami right now. I'll go Salami right now. I think Miles Rice can get in that conversation again. Cody Williams is just... He's going to ball out in the NBA, but he's not totally balling out of college. No, I, I, and, I would give it to Shepard. And I think... Kobe Walters right there, too. That would be like the three, four guys I'd watch for this conversation. So I'll go Salami right now. Yeah, I'll go Salami. I mean, it's hard to argue otherwise. We could have had this argument about Rob Dillingham earlier in the season, and it may not entirely be wrong. I mean, when you see the projected mock drafts, they're basically side by side. Reed's now fifth and Rob's sixth. I mean, it kind of depends on the game, but Reed does more on the defensive end of the floor than Dillingham does. He's a better passer than Dillingham. I would say Rob is probably a better NBA prospect than Reed. But I think Reed's closed that gap. I don't think it's nearly as easy of a discussion as it would have been earlier in the season. Reed's the best freshman in college basketball. I, and right now, it may not be all that close. I guess Jared McCain at Duke. Yeah. Forgot him. But he's only started to come on lately. Yeah. And then a kid, a kid that I'm not watching, he's at Tulsa, PJ Haggerty. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't, I, I just can't speak to their games. I haven't. I apologize to the listening audience. I haven't watched a lot of Tulsa basketball. I'm not going to fake take it. But Jacoby Walter is very good at Baylor. Yes. And I'm not. Miles Rice is exceptionally good at Washington State. That's the group I have him in, but I'll say he's the best right now. Yeah, I, I think I, I think we're in agreement there. So two for two, we're agreeing. So that's not, good not great. Um, so let's just make it a simple question here. Louisville will win another game this season. <laughs> All right, let's do it, folks. Let's go to the schedule. So they go to Duke tonight. I assume Forget about it. Duke's going to be mad. It'd be hilarious if Louisville won tonight. I mean, high-level hilarious. Can they? Can we have Louisville rush the Syracuse court? Syracuse at home, Vatek at home, Boston College at home. Yes. Okay, so that's 2, 5, and 9 in March. All right, so Saturday they get Syracuse at home at 8. I will be driving drunk people home from Tailspin Fest. There you go. Possibly Zach. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> you bring good boys? I'm bringing some people. Yeah. I get to meet Zach Cantrell friends. You, you might. Oh, might. <laughs> Get me, I'm meeting Zach Cantrell friends. Um, That's going to be an experience. All right. Uh, I'm just impressed you have friends because uh, I, I, oh, I have I very few. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have a ton, but I got enough. There you go. That's probably a good way to live. Most of them are coming down next week. It's my birthday, so there's that. Uh, okay. You and I have almost identical birthdays, it sounds like. Yeah, when's yours? Of the 11th. Yeah, so I'm got, I've got you by four days. Four you, days. Actually, you've got me by a longer than that yeah right. <laughs> thank you zach there you go. yeah that was very mean uh i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go salami uh i think they win one of virginia tech or boston college 
I'm going baloney. Okay. I don't think they're winning another game. The Notre Dame game is what swayed me. I thought they had a chance to win a couple more yeah. games. When you lay an egg against Notre Dame, by the way, Notre Dame with a big win last night against Wake Forest. That's what they're doing under Micah Shrewsbury is what we wanted them to do yes. last year with yes. KP. Where if they were doing what Shrewsbury's doing right now, we would all feel very differently yes. about that team. You if they would have just correct. won 12 games last, we would, year. last year. Last year. Yeah. Last year. Not this year. Last year. That's right. Yeah. Pull off a couple of ups. Five and ten in the conference. Yes. Win a couple games. Yes. Yeah. No one's asking. No one was asking Louisville to make the tournament last year. No one was asking them to even have a winning season or do anything all that great last year. But if they just did what Notre Dame's doing now, where they beat Virginia, they beat Wake Forest, they have an identity. We know what this team wants to do. Michael Shrewsbury is a very good coach. Notre Dame is going to have good players eventually, and they're going to be able to execute that system. But you can't get punked by 22 points at home and have the coach's kid just go off on you the way that he did. And that, that's what swayed me. Like, I thought that was their most winnable game the rest of the season. I thought they could win that. I thought they might be able to win either Syracuse or Boston College. The way that they played against Notre Dame, I'm not confident they're beating anybody. Fair enough. I, I, I don't hate that take. All right, so Devontae Adams, the Raiders GM, has said he will not be traded, which is usually famous last words before a guy does eventually end up getting traded. Of course, there's a lot of rumors about him going to the Jets and reuniting with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. You know, Devontae Adams, does he want to play for a winning team? Bologna or Salami, Devontae Adams will be on a team other than the Raiders next year. That's Salami. Um, The Raiders need to, and it will be difficult for them, based on textures agreeing with you, by the way, about them not winning another game. Uh at some point, they have to look in the mirror and just realize it's not right now that they're going to compete. Yeah. It's okay to say that division just got a lot tougher with Harbaugh showing up. Yep. And they need to rebuild in a serious way. I think more than just needing to move Adams and fortifying that roster, I think this is going to turn out to be an absolute disaster of a hire. I, I think this is a total I don't reactionary... Do you think he's going to be good? I think he'll be solid. Okay. I don't know if he'll be great, but I, I can see why they hired him. Because remember, Would they, you rather have him or D'Amico Ryan next year? D'Amico Ryan. Okay, okay. <laughs> just, just, if we're pointing out there, like the new younger coaches. I mean, they like, won a game, so yeah. yeah I, I, I think that he's not that guy. Um, but I think uh, I'll go Salami. He'll be on some team. I don't know if it's the Jets necessarily, but I think the Raiders have to look in the mirror and realize they need to, yeah. they need to clean this. I think he's the perfect guy to trade at the deadline next year when the Raiders mm. are probably not in the mix to go to the playoffs or anything like yeah, that, and, and he wants to be a contender. Yeah, right. yeah he's going to be on a contender. It, I, I'm not going to predict that he's going to be on the Jets. Somebody's going to pick him up. Yep. There's going to be a good team out there that needs a big-time wide receiver, and Devontae Adams is still that. I don't think he's going to be on the Raiders next year. I don't know. Are you telling me that they're going to roll with with Aiden O'Connell, and he's going to be totally happy with playing with Aiden O'Connell the entire season. They're, they're going to have to find a quarterback. I don't right. know who it's going to be. They're probably going to have to draft somebody. Or That's the position that nobody can ever go out and pick up in free agency because if you've got a good quarterback, teams aren't letting them get away. There you go. All right. One so more. Last one. Let's go. Caitlin Clark, I mentioned earlier, yep. remember when she flopped against Ohio State? New. The rematch is on Sunday. That's a game that Caitlin Clark is projected to potentially break the NCAA yeah. scoring record that Pete Maravich currently owns. That's already a top five matchup as it is. Ohio State's number two, Iowa's number five. Baloney or Salami, Ohio State women, uh, Ohio State Iowa on Sunday is the biggest women's basketball game. WNBA, college, biggest women's basketball game ever. Ooh, ever, go whatever. It is not. Only because I think LSU-Iowa was a bigger game last year. Okay. But I do think if Iowa makes a serious run in the tournament this year and you get an interesting team on the other side, say a South Carolina or the aforementioned LSU. Ohio State's pretty interesting. Ohio State is absolutely interesting. But name two players on Ohio State's team. J.C. Sheldon, really good. Yep. About it. Okay. So, and I'm not picking on you. Yeah. I watch I'm just every now making up. No, no, for sure. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not saying that people should watch or whatever else. It's just for Sunday's purposes, the answer is baloney. Okay. But could it be something later in the tournament, final four game, something like that, where Caitlin Clark's involved, etc.? Absolutely it could be. She is the white Larry Bird. But the yeah, I mean the white Pete Pete Maravich. The white Pete Maravich. <laughs> It's the most expensive women's basketball game ticket of all time. It's 500 bucks to get in. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good. Cody, good. Cody McMahon's the other one. That, that's oh, the one yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, Cody yeah, McMahon's yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. She is good. 
But man, you talk about so you've got the revenge factor for Iowa because Ohio State beat them earlier in the year. You have yep. the whole court storming yep. incident. You have the idea that Caitlin Clark may break the NCAA scoring record, so that in itself makes it a historical game. It's a top five game that could decide the Big Ten regular season title. I mean, if, outside of maybe Mississippi State ending UConn's hundred some odd game winning streak in the yep. Final Four a few years ago, or you know Notre yeah, Dame. but we didn't think of that game going into no, it. we didn't, no, we didn't of what it turned into. No, because we didn't every... think about it that way. That was different. Yeah, this this sets up more if they're good at the end of this season. Yeah, that that game will be more. I know you want it to be because it's Ohio State. Iowa-South Carolina was massive last year because South Carolina was undefeated and Caitlin Clark single-handedly beat them. Correct. And then the LSU-Iowa game, as we mentioned, probably the biggest game in the history of women's basketball. But you needed Iowa to win that South Carolina game to validate what Caitlin Clark's numbers were telling you. Yes. Right? Because numbers are nice, but championships matter more. Yes, Jay Williams. (laughs) What a clown take that is. But, man, I, I will say this. It's baloney overall. If you're telling me it's the biggest women's regular season game ever, I might go listen with that. Listen to it. Listen to it, yeah. I might go with that. Because or are they the hyping historical... it as, like, the most important game ever? Oh, they're hyping up. Oh. They, they're sending game day there. They've got oh, – the, the ticket prices are just incredibly expensive, as we've talked about. This is as much hype as I can remember around a women's regular season college basketball game. Even passing the South Carolina LSU game earlier this year when it was at LSU, South Carolina was undefeated. LSU jumped out to a big lead and then South Carolina ultimately ended up winning the game. This this feels this is bigger than any men's regular season game this year. Let's call it what it is. Caitlin Clark's the biggest star in college basketball, men or women. Yeah, you're right. I mean, she is right now. The women have more name stars right now than the men do. It is something, especially with NIL, that the women's game can expand because the WNBA just doesn't pay what NIL will. Yeah. Right? And nobody cares about the WNBA. People do not care about the WNBA compared to women's college basketball. That is true. Yeah. And that people were trying to say last year the Angel Reese, uh, Caitlin Clark game was going to be what Magic and Larry was. No, it's not because the NBA still had some relevancy. Now, it wasn't nearly that popular and there was a drug problem and they revitalized the NBA. I don't think that they can go revitalize the WNBA because the appetite's just not there for the WNBA. Fair or unfair, it's just not. It is not. Uh, Texter, uh, only in a Biden's America would it cost $500 to go to a women's basketball game. Thank you, Joe. That's a great text. (laughs) Is he going to eat ice cream there too? By the way, Louisville uh, down to a six seed. And if you think women's college basketball Twitter is whiny right now. Oh boy. Wait till they get sent to stores yes. and have to play UConn yep. in Connecticut That's happening. as the three seed. The, the, the whining on Twitter from Louisville women's basketball Twitter is going to be out of control. Yes, Dave Skull, I'm talking about. What do you think about the idea <laughs> that the women's NCAA tournament, they still allow teams to host and play games I like at it. home? I like it a lot. I, I would not hate it at the men's tournament. Yeah, I, they did away with that a long time ago because it was such a. You know why they did away with it? Talk to me. Kentucky, nineteen eighty four. They got to host the regional final against Illinois, and there were a couple official calls that went their way. The game was at Rupp, yeah. and they won. Sure. And that was Sam Bowie's last season. And after that, the NCAA stopped having home court advantage in the uh, tournament. Am I the only one who, when they get spam calls, answers the call and just lets it go? Yeah, I think you're the... I just don't answer them. Yeah, right. I think lots of people just, just skip it. I, Sometimes I just want to answer and give a smart Alec response, you know? Uh, text her, Caitlin Clark is women's basketball Jordan or LeBron. If she uh, if the WNBA and NBA market her correctly, it can make the game explode. She is going to be the test case if the WNBA is a viable, high-level product. Not just a secondary sort of yes. Yes, league. Yes, she is. She's the litmus test of... if. If that can work. There's never been a bigger star to ever enter the WNBA. And I know UConn's had a ton of great players. I but agree. They get it lumped in because right. they're UConn and they if win Cheryl a billion If Cheryl Swoops was coming up now, we would talk... Or not Cheryl Swoops. Uh, Cheryl Miller was coming Cheryl up Miller. now. Cheryl Miller. Yeah. We would talk about it differently, but she didn't. Caitlin Clark's the biggest women's star since Cheryl Miller. Since Cheryl and I know Miller. Maya Moore and O'Brien Stewart. The Cheryl Miller cool. joke on Seinfeld is still one of the GOAT basketball jokes of all time. Yes. It just There's is. There's a whole reason in the 30 Cheryl's for, brother? I mean, it's so good. There's yeah, a whole, 30 for 30. Yes. yes. The, the Knicks fans. Cheryl. <laughs> oh man Texture uh, going to the mat for Kelsey Plum how about that how Kelsey about that? Plum's great how about that Lynette Woodard is still the leading scorer <laughs> of all time even though the NCAA won't acknowledge that there you go man oh man uh, all right. Well, That's going to create a lot of discourse when she breaks Maravich's record because Maravich did it in three years without a three point line, three point line yes. average 44 a game right, right. <laughs> which will never no one will ever come close no, to that no. ever again no 
Uh, Texter, UConn and Tennessee played for a national championship. That's the biggest game ever uh, on the women's side. Texter would argue that the 95 NCAA final between UConn and Tennessee, here it is again, uh, could have been the biggest women's game. UConn finished undefeated. It was the, uh, the was beginning Gino's of what they were. Title. Yeah. Objectively. Uh, Brittany Griner coming down on the text line. As she's up there, Brittany Griner going to the WNBA was a big deal. But it has not But made she the is not relevant. as... People don't like Brittany Griner as much as they like Caitlin Clark. No, they don't. That's just true. Um, Texture Bill Burr's bet on the WNBA was great and true. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking of when I thought of the WNBA. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, I get it, it. I get it. It's just the most interesting dichotomy because I will sit down and watch a major women's college basketball game. You could not pay me to watch a WNBA game. Mm. It just feels – and every other walk of life, typically it's better. <laughs> Texter Shepherds the white Caitlin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh man, Texter, I do the same with spam callers, Louie. I love hearing hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I get a, I don't know why I get uh, I get I get pleasure out of it. There are a couple times I'll answer the spam calls with like Fez from the seventy show, Mr. Sexy's Pizza. Good See if they say anything. Nope. Typically not. <laughs> the same poor guy's been trying to sell me a roof for like three weeks. Jeez. I know Jack Carlin. Get out of here. More roofing talk next. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. To Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, it's hump day, kids. Get back in here. Rebeau and Co. ESPN 680 1057. Got you till noon. Zachy C in for Bobby V today. Um, I have a comment about that, by the way, and it's not about you, Zach. We're just going to talk about that. Uh, when we come back here, uh, tons of talk about different basketball players. Is Pete Maravich a chucker? 437 9680. Uh, reminder <clears throat> Louisville basketball at Duke tonight, 530 pregame. We'll start on 93.9. Lipscomb uh, and Bellarmine tonight. You're home for Bellarmine Bet Hoops right here, 680-1057. Starting at 745 with the pregame tip at 8 o'clock. So lots of basketball on our networks tonight. We will have the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rebeau, 6 o'clock here on 680-1057 after the mixtape. That is presented by the Kentucky HBPA. And, of course, during this time slot, the new dad. Again, Phil Baker back at it with Nick Curran this coming Sunday on the Sunday Morning Hangover. Hanging out with Zach E.C. on 680-1057 during this time slot uh, as well. All right, so I would pretend that we're going to get into a position-by-position breakdown of Duke and Louisville tonight, but we're not going to do that. We are not. We're not going to lie to the people and do those things. Is there anything they can do tonight, Zach? That's the question. Hope that Duke forgets that the game's going on. That they're uh, at home though, so that's probably unlikely. Texture playing the South End Love Song on a on a uh, on a rejoin. Texture, come on, Magazac, Ted Nugent. The music's good. I, it, the music's good. We can objectively say Strangleholds it, a good song. Just a good song. It's okay. <laughs> Texture Reed Shepherd's the next Paxson. I hope he's better than John Paxson. If you had to guess the percentage that Louisville wins in the matchup predictor on ESPN.com. By the way, Mississippi State was a 59% lean last night. So frankly, until about five minutes ago in that game, it was right. (laughs) Yeah. Matchup predictor, what percentage do you think they give Louisville to win the game? What do you think the get-in price is at Cameron? 4% to win. And get-in price... 
20 bucks. Okay, it's 100. Still? The usual get-in price at Cameron is like 300. Okay, that makes sense. Because there's only 10,000 people. 1.3%. If they play the game 100 times, they think Louisville wins it once. That's where we so are. So you're saying there's a chance. We're saying there's a chance. That's where we are. That's it, man. Texter, if, if Payne puts his son in a game, I'm hammering Duke live spread. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> I did for some reason, Zach, when I was on vacation. The videos of him just not even being in the screen. Oh, yeah. A couple of games That's ago. Unbelievable That's the good stuff, man. That is the good stuff. <laughs> what a dumpster, dude. Oh, man. I had something I wanted to talk about, and for some reason... I, I talked about totally this with Taylor and yeah, Ethan yeah, yeah, last yeah. night. You know what the comparison is for Louisville right now finishing out the season? It's like a kid okay. counting down the last days of school because there's only five games to go. With a teacher you hate. Exactly. Right? There's four games to go, and then the day of shame in the ACC tournament. So we're counting down to the last days of school. Summer's around the corner. We're gonna The NCAA tournament is now summertime for Louisville. That's exactly where we're at. And once this is finally over... Everybody gets to go and have a nice summer, get to go celebrate. But you, you remember that feeling, right, when the school was about to be over. Oh, yeah. You only have a week to go. It's the longest week ever, but it'll be here. You just got to get through it. Who was your teacher you couldn't stand? I didn't have one. Really? Not really. You got lucky that way then? Yeah. Did you like school? Yeah, it depends. Okay. <laughs> favorite time in school? Elementary school, college? What was your favorite? College, college. by far. Yeah, it's not Anybody who says it's you didn't, not college didn't go to college. You also did the right thing. You went to a Mac school. That's right. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't get people. I don't trust people to say high school is the best years of their lives because mm. they didn't go to college. Gandalf was like that. Oh, he's a high school guy. Okay, you well, got to crush him next time you see him. Just just for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How can you have win tonight? Sweep the leg coming down. The Sweep table. the leg. There it is. Uh, I had a, I had a Spanish professor in college. I could not stand. I could not stand the guy. I, I just looked him up. He got tenure. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> no, don't do it. Some of those professors uh. get way too comfortable once they get tenure. Texture, uh, <laughs> hey guys, I'm on a, I'm on my betting apps. So I can't find the Zan Payne points over under. Please help. <laughs> under. Just under, go under whatever it is. Under. <laughs> Huh. He's got to put up the Tony Snell line. So a person um, had to put together. So there's something called the Data Scribe on ESPN.com that writes previews for these games. Do you think Data Scribe is just an AI group out of Bellevue, Washington, writing these previews? Because remember, there was this huge yeah. uproar at SI over the AI stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we think Data Scribe is just an automatic creator of these things? The Associated Press created this story using technology provided by Data Scribe and data from Sport Radar. Would it surprise you if they were? We have AI stuff on our websites. Sure, we do. Of course, everybody. I, and well, let me let me back up. Not ESPNLouisville.com. Sorry. Let me back that up. Horse racing, happy hour stuff, other stuff that we do on the other podcast. We use AI for a lot of those articles because Derby Week, for example, people just want inf- like historical Derby information or whatever. Right. Right. They just want to read articles about horse racing. And so we just put those together with AI. Instead of linking to someone else's site, we have them on our own. So, No, I would not be surprised by it. Uh, were you watching live when the Cavs won the game last night? No, I was watching okay. the Kentucky game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How quickly did you see it after it happened, though? I feel like that would viral like... Like three minutes. Can you find the losing call? Yeah. Let's do that. It was on Awful Announcing on Twitter. Yeah. Um, It just... uh, Oh, it didn't take long. No, no, but the guy nails the call. And once in a while in sports, you know, you get a Shepard performance. And once in a while, you just get a great call. And I think that was it. Uh, Text her, the last week of grade school was just movie week. You're damn right it was. Yeah, it was. Get uh, get that TV on the rollers with the VCR. Roll that in. A little little red, green, blue. Let's go. Oh, man. Those are the good days. That's You know what you found out? When the field day was the last couple days of school, Zach's yeah. wrong. Texter, I had a Spanish teacher from Colombia, couldn't understand her. My roommate was also from Colombia and said he'd never seen anyone write in Spanish the way she did. That's not good. You that's not nowadays good. <laughs> looking back, that's when you figured out your teacher was hungover is when they just rolled in. Oh the movie. yeah, they didn't oh, want to teach yeah. that day. Oh, they just want to go sit in the corner, which I don't blame. Them. Uh, we got the Mavs call if you want. All right, let's go. Let's play this. This is last night, by the way. So a little bit of of context. So the, in this call, the Mavs have the ball late, and they take the lead. And then Struss, uh, Struss excuse me, gets 
gets the ball very late and has to heave it from inside of half court. Cleveland will take the ball out of bounds. I love this guy. <laughs> love it a lot more if they make a shot here. Deflection! And Luka comes away with it. Six seconds, five seconds, underneath, Washington! 2.6 to go! They're out of timeouts! Dallas leads by one! Mobley, Struce, a heave! Max Struz hit it from 60 feet. Absolute heartbreak city. That's good, man. That's just good stuff. Because Doncic makes, you know, makes the play. They get it underneath the Washington. He scores on a layup. And it's a it's a messy layup, too. Oh, the Cavs are inbounding the ball. They're up one. They turn it over. Yes. They're inbounding the ball. There's a deflection. It's a messy play. They get the play underneath, and then Struz just totally bails them out. It's just it. What's amazing too is they listed at fifty nine feet officially. Yeah. Immediately on the call, he calls it from sixty. He's right, right. So he gets that part totally right. He gets sure. the player on the opposing team totally right, and then he has the reaction. I, I thought the call was just very good, and, and those guys just deserve. It's it's so hard. They it weren't so mopey hard to get that about right it either. There's some road fan calls that are mopey when they. Once in a while, loses. you see a great play like that. You just. You what do tip you do? Your cap. You tip your freaking cap. Yeah. That's what they did last night. Guy made a 60-footer. What are you going to do? <laughs> Texture. Kindergarten was the best time. Uh, in college, uh, I was a non-traditional student, five years out of high school, young daughter, and working. I didn't get to have that college experience, so college wasn't the best time in school for me. Uh, it was daughter, work, class, study, checkout, dating online apps, uh, except disappointment, and then repeat for four and a half years. Uh, you know, it was one of my favorite things when I did teach at L. About teaching U of L was I had all the non-traditional students, people throwing boxes at UPS, all that kind of stuff. It was a very fun thing about teaching there was that I had to really be on my toes about how to adapt uh, my teaching style over there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Texter, Jeff Pecoro steps over everything uh, to Tom Leach, probably uh, secretly punches holes in his drywall at home. Is not a bad text. Uh, texter, the last week of school is just Strebel handing out worksheets. <laughs> texter, when I walked into the class and saw the TV VCR stand, I knew a substitute was about to walk in. Oh, you're damn right. Of course. Yeah, right. No, no you're damn right. Uh, texter, his name was Felipe Nino, and he played tennis for Louisville. I, how about that? Huh. His roommate. How about that? There you go. Felipe Nino. I like that. I do like that. A lot of, apparently a lot of tennis in Colombia. I didn't know that. It is pretty wild. Uh, one of the very best cyclists in the Tour de France is from Colombia. Yeah. And I didn't know there was a big cycling community in Columbia. But then no, I didn't know there was a big community in Columbia for anything other than Coke. <laughs> More stereotype talk. I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, um, oh, man. What else do we need to get into today? I mean, just uh, these games tonight, and, and, I, and this was what I wanted to get back to. Did you see Gary Parrish talk about how conference realignment with on, UMass? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Let me do this first. There you go. This is something I've been meaning to do for 10 minutes. Zach, you were not living in this town when this was going on, but there was a man who na- named Rick Pitino who used to coach the basketball team at the Yum Center. Okay? Heard of him. And things around here were very different when he was the basketball coach as far as the team's record, how people reacted, how people acted around the program. And there's a man who works at this radio station who has the 10, or excuse me, the noon to three show. His name is Bob Velvedo. Mm-hmm. And he does the analyst job for the radio broadcast for L. Do you know where Bob is this week? Disney? Okay. What is the date today? February 28th. Okay. Do you think when Patino was coaching, the color analyst on the radio broadcast would have taken a week off at the end of February to go to Disney? Hell no. That's where Louisville basketball is. I had this moment yesterday thinking about this. That's it. That's what. That's it. Do you remember when Louisville and, and Kentucky played? Strebel took the day off to take his kid out for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, they went to the game. I understand, but that's where the rivalry is. The drive-time guy was like, I'm good. Yeah. The the color analyst on Louisville basketball is at Disney right now. And right. I'm not picking on Bob right there, by the way, at I all. Too. It, I What else are you going to do right now? Watch them go to Duke and beat, literally get home at like 4 a.m. after watching Louisville lose by 100 tonight? Yeah. Yeah. This is when the season's supposed to ratchet up. Like, imagine if Ohio State football is terrible and I went on vacation the week of the Michigan game. Inconceivable. Boom. That's a great example. But there you go. 
I mean, imagine what this game would be in normal seasons. Louisville visiting Duke with like three, four games left Massive. in the conference final. Can you we, imagine? We'd be talking about, is this a game to decide the conference title or seed line. top seeds and seed all line. that? You'd be yeah. talking seed line right Absolutely. Now. We don't get any of that. And, and, I, and I, Gandolfo was talking about it earlier. And I think when people hear this, I think Mike has the same thought about it as me, where he says things like, I want Louisville to be better. I think what goes into that is when I moved here, Zach, in like 09, you knew like sports bar culture in March was going to be awesome. Yes. Like you just knew that. It isn't anymore. Last year wasn't great. It's It just isn't anymore. And it that part missing out when you're in a place that knows and cares about college basketball so much to have half the people just totally dejected with their team. They don't care. It's not. It's just not good for the culture around here of building those things and, and just having fun with with college basketball. You just can't, you can't do it right now. And I just, with Bob being gone, it was just a reminder that even Bob Valvano was like, yeah, I can go to Disney in late February, early March. I feel robbed. And miss nothing. I feel robbed because I've been here for a year and a half. I, this is supposed to be the best college basketball market in the country and so far, I mean, Kentucky's been good. Yes. But I don't get But first weekend, you didn't even get a Sweet 16 game out of them. No. I mean, the you bars, didn't even get that experience. I thought I would go to the bars and they'd be packed. No, they weren't. <laughs> Texter, Bob just didn't want to climb up in the crow's nest at Cameron. <laughs> All the way guys talk about Cameron. I'm sure Bob climb anything to get in there um we will talk about byu winning at fog uh taylor swift makes her own pop tarts uh that was on espn.com today so we'll have to talk about that and people are worried that teams in the nba are scoring too much this is on the same level as people being worried that people had fun at a golf tournament in phoenix we'll talk about all of it to close the show here rabo and co espn 680 105.7 tired of jumping from job to job How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a hump day edition, Wednesday edition of Rabo and Co. alongside Zach Cantrell. My name's Louis Rabo at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find our station at ESPN 680. You can find us ESPNLouisville.com. We've got the podcast center there. If you ever miss any part of our show, go back and check it out there. You can always get the app for your phone as well. I'm sure it sounds like I get paid to talk about the app, but I don't. It is just that good. Uh, one of the very best things that we have here at uh, the station. Texter, my favorite teacher in high school was Jerry Springer. I'd skip third period business math class, drive home, watch the show every day except for test days, come back for fourth period PE. <laughs> I have something similar to that. I, I've talked about it on the show. Uh, kindergarten was a half day venture when I was in school. And my mom was not getting out of bed for anything. And so uh, I watched Price is Right every day for uh, the entire year of kindergarten. And I think I've said on the show, and it was on the mixtape, everything I ever needed to know about women, I learned from Price is Right. There you go. Uh, Price is wrong. <laughs> Price is wrong, Bob. Uh, Texture pointing saying I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on the NBA where obviously you don't want to go back to the Pistons and Pacers playing games in the 70s. No. But 150-146 has started to feel like pickup games. And there is an element of that, for sure. Load management is is trickling into playing defense the first three quarters of these games, and then the fourth quarter gets real serious. That's right. I'm not sure that that's a good thing for the NBA. So it is an interesting conversation in that you want guys to 
to play more astutely on defense throughout the game than they are. But at the same time, the point of basketball, Dan said on a Monday, is to score. I mean, like that is the the basic of the game. And so it is its own it is a conundrum, and I, I agree with the texture. That middle ground, whatever that looks like, more 125-120 type games than 150-150, you know, 45 kind of games are probably a little bit better. Right. Uh, texture, I'm guessing Streeple's handouts at school are mimograph. That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's a Dixie Highway joke or not. But, um, uh, texture, uh, y'all need to... Yeah, I need y'all to discuss this concept art on the NBA court with no corner threes. Yeah, I I... I'm not into that. I'm way more into a four-point line because the guys are good enough now that they need a four-point line. You think they need a four-point line? I would, I'm would. i more into the four-point line than I am into other changes in the NBA. I would I would do it. I'd be fine with the four-point line. Because I think what eventually happens is event, all things collapse on themselves. Man, did you study urban planning at all, Zach? What a random question for me to ask you on a hump day Wednesday edition of Rabo & Co. No. So there's a donut model of cities where eventually the cores of cities core out and then the neighborhoods become the centers of cities. We're seeing a touch of that in Louisville right now where the downtown is less important than it used to be and the neighborhoods matter more than they ever have. Right. But in that model, eventually you realize that the cheapest real estate is downtown and then eventually people invest in it. And we see that in cities all over the country. Columbus, Ohio is a fantastic example of this. Short North was not cool. No. And it now it's now. very, very cool. Oh, yeah. And that's the donut model is that eventually that's the cheap place and all of the people willing to take chances end up in those kinds of neighborhoods, right? That's right. New Lou and Louisville is very similar to that. That Butchertown area was not a thing to invest in. But now I'm sure you hang out there all the time. It's, it's a, oh, yeah. Or you're there, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's an option, at least in your, you know, your list of options in Louisville. That's New right. Lou's on the list. It was not when I moved here. I'll put it that way. And so... The interesting part of this with um, with what the text is pointing out is I think when you get to a point where people are taking those four-point shots, eventually the game will go back to guys needing to make plays at the basket. I think best basketball, and this is a Bob Knight take, but <laughs> is when guys go to the hoop. Yeah, I, I think that's the best version of basketball. Now, there's nothing wrong with a beautiful three-pointer or you know a guy feeling it from distance, whatever. That's fine. But the best basketball is when a guy's trying to go for a block and someone's either going for a layup, going for a dunk, whatever it is. A, a jumper a jumper with a hand in the face is so much prettier than yeah. an uncontested three-pointer. I also don't want to go back to 90s basketball, that's, though. That's the point. 90s too. basketball gets romanticized when in actuality, outside of Michael Jordan, it kind of wasn't all that it great. great. It was a lot of 16-foot mid-range clunker <laughs> shots. It was a lot of games that ended in the 70s and 80s. It was a lot of unwatchable basketball, but we romanticize it because everybody wants to romanticize Michael Jordan. You know, the, the and the, this texture too. I, I love the NBA playoffs, but the regular season just does nothing for me anymore. Exactly. That's how I feel about the major, about Major League Baseball. Yeah. There's that, just too much. Too much. And I don't live in the town of the team I root for. So I don't get access easily to media games, etc. I have to go seek it out. But the games are also just less interesting than the playoff games. Playoff baseball is cool, man. Still is. Yeah, yeah. it's still good. And the fans get way into it. Those teams, that's the reason, too. And I, I know I brought it up, and I'm the only person in America that cares about this. But when someone, you know, Peter Gammons was the guy, said we need World Series in neutral sites, a horrible idea. Terrible idea. I mean, just a legitimately terrible idea. And you know this because you grew up between two MLB teams. Yeah. When the Guardians are good or the Reds are good, that's the number one primetime television show in those markets. Yeah. Period. When the Tigers are good, that's what people do in July. They watch the Tigers. It, the interesting dynamic is where the baseball teams rank in these kind of cities. Because in Cle- let's be honest, in ninety five percent of if there's an NFL team, it's, it's number the one. NFL team. No question. Unless I think Boston or New York might be the exception where it's still baseball, but it's a rarity. Um, I, the Yankees are probably still number one in New York if the Yankees are good. The Red Sox are probably number one in Boston. Yeah, I more would, than the Celtics now, right? Yeah. I, well, maybe not now because the Celtics are good. The Celtics are good, and it's a Celtics Chicago. Song. It's still the Bears. I think even, but the, the Cubs. The Cubs man. Well, it, but it's not the same now because they. It was different when they had the drought. Now they don't. Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest championship in the history of Chicago. Well, like sports. in Wisconsin, it's the Packers and everything. It's else. the Packers and everything right? else is now in Detroit. Word. I mean, it's weird to say the Lions are huge. The Red Wings are the team. 
Yeah. There's more Red Wing stickers on the back of cars than anything else. I'm, I think now in Cincinnati, it was the Reds forever. I think now it's the Bengals. Um, Texter, weirdly, I love the baseball regular season. I probably watch 200 games a year, but I really can't stand the NBA regular season. I, I Baseball has a different purpose as far as a viewing product to me than other sports. It's not. I'm not sitting down like I did to watch the UK game last night. No. With expectations of of like flurries of scoring and athletic plays and these kinds of things. Baseball is more of, I need something to do for three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> that I can kind of be on my phone and not miss anything. It's the easiest um, sport. Yeah. Like if you're traveling somewhere or if you're laying on the beach, you just pull up the baseball game on radio. Yeah. Uh, Texts are saying, and you can comment too, obviously on this, uh, Zach, if the Reds and Bengals are both good, the Reds win out. I think in Cincinnati, that's true. I think the Reds are, I mean, the, the, the opening day parade, the fact that yeah, schools closed. I, I think that's true. It's Cincinnati as a baseball town. It's why, by the way, when they suck, it's it's legitimately sad. Yeah. Because the people there do give a really the, high-level bleep about that team. The second they got decent, they started selling that place. And the greatest example of this as far as the baseball team being number one is St. Louis. They were much, the Not Cardinals are much bigger than the Rams. Not even question. That's why the Rams are no longer there. Yes. And I'll tell you a big city that I think the baseball team probably is number one, Los Angeles. Dodgers. The Dodgers. Dodgers are, are I think the Dodgers huge are number one. It's hard to describe unless you go out there just how much they permeate the culture. The Lakers are close. It, Absolutely, it on, they are. Depends yes. on how good the Lakers are. Yeah. But they're both of them are much bigger than any NFL team in LA. Baseball, a perfect summer sport coming down the text line. I don't disagree with that. I think baseball absolutely has its place. And it's I, I think I've said it on the show. It's the one thing I can I can say to you know, I can look at my wife if I'm like, hey, let's go to the track. She's like, eh, let's go to a basketball game. Eh. Let's go to a bats game. Done. We're there. Yes, she she loves it. Sitting outside, kids are running around. Um, no, she loves it. So baseball, no, absolutely has. Baseball its is like hockey. They're much better live than on television. So this is. We were talking about this yesterday. A texture says NBA needs less games to create urgency. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's just unequivocally true. But it means less money, yeah. and so it's not going to happen. And that's why when we were talking with Ennis about the college football playoff and the expansion and all those things, it'll never happen. No, no, contraction will never happen, right? They'll never take those games away, and that's why you guys were like, oh, just get rid of the conference championship games. They're not going to do that. They're There's money. That. Fox gives them money. CBS gives them money. ESPN gives them money. Yeah. I just don't think those things are going to go away. They're not. Uh, text the last couple of weeks of the MLB regular season are generally good, and the playoffs are great. That's also not wrong. Yeah, if there's a pennant race going yes, on. Then it yes, it gets interesting. That's right. Totally agree. But even it's not the same now because you have the wild card as the fallback. A texter saying, I figured the Lakers are bigger than the Dodgers. It's close. But Dodgers, man, it's hard to describe. It just it depends it's on the so year. so hard to describe. And especially because they are, during the summer, in a town with tons of sports in the, in the winter. You got the, you got the Lakers. You got the Clippers. You've got football teams. You've got hockey going on. Yeah. I, I think people don't know. The Kings are hugely popular in L.A., yeah. too. And if you're out in Orange County, the Ducks are huge, too. No, it's... But the Dodgers are a the Dodgers and Lakers are are the kings of that town no for sure. That's for probably sure. the only city where they have an NFL team and it's third or fourth. Yep. Nobody cares about the Rams no, and the Chargers out there, which is why I, I would rather the Chargers have stayed in San Diego because they would have cared more about the Chargers in L.A. Except they want a Comic Con except instead of the Chargers. Yeah, tax are pointing out that uh, the in season tournament for the NBA really worked because it created urgency. Correct. That that texture is not alone in that opinion. And it is a weird thing to say that having to add that in the middle of the season for urgency, but but frankly, European leagues in soccer have had to do that for years, mm-hmm. right? Just to create some kind of urgency and some kind of competition between uh, different parts of their respective countries. Uh, it's actually the MLB doesn't have any other competition for sports for months either. No, that's true. But if you're in a baseball market, man, it's it is consuming. It is absolutely consuming. Okay, what's harder to play, baseball or golf? Mad Dog thinks baseball is harder than golf. Oof. Baseball, golf, tennis, curling, and football. He's never tried curling. Let's let's no curl. Come on, golf or baseball? What's harder? Man, I played both a lot in high school. Actually, um, hitting a baseball is insane. It's the hardest. It's thing to insane. Do in all sports. But being really good at golf is insane too. Yes, it's really hard, and it is. I mean, it's legitimately. The number of factors in golf and the fact that you're alone. Yeah, plus <laughs> no with, one can help yeah, you. Yeah, baseball you have teammates. Baseball you have teammates. If you if you stink on a pitching day, there's a there's a reliever. Ain't no relievers in golf, man. You can if you stink, you yeah. stink. You can stink on a pitching day and your teammates score ten runs and it doesn't matter. <sighs> baseball though, if you wanted to be good at everything, 
like catching and throwing and playing the outfield and bunting and hitting homers or whatever. I don't know. They're both. Really if you could pick sport. a sport, to tennis be being number three, I disagree with. I think you can get to a remedial level of racket sports. Yeah, easier than you can hitting a baseball or hitting a golf ball. I think that's true. And I'm not saying I could be a professional at tennis. Let's be very clear. Yeah. But the number of people who play and enjoy things like pickleball and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Racket sports in general, like racquetball, you like play against a six year old guy who can absolutely school you at racquetball. Like I think racket sports are a little bit different. And it's not easy to play, but all of the ma- of the major sports, the easiest to play by far is basketball because mm. it's the simplest game. You can play it by yourself. You oh, can play basketball! It it's, it's the easiest sport to it, play. It is a simple game, very difficult to uh, play well. That's it's right. difficult to be great at, but. It, it's easy to Would just you have a eat a Taylor Swift homemade Pop-Tart? What's on it? <laughs> Quote, she likes to cook, so she made the offensive lineman these homemade Pop-Tarts. She didn't give me one, uh, said uh, said Mike, uh, excuse me, Andy Reid. And the offensive lineman didn't, definitely didn't give me one. Uh, Swift has been an avid baker for years, as evidenced by her handwritten cookie recipe that went viral on Tumblr. Um, would you eat... Do you have a favorite cookie? I guess we'll go there first. Chocolate chip. Okay, I think it's the goat. Would you eat a chocolate chip cookie from Taylor Swift? Of course I would. I would too. Would you go out for chocolate chip cookies with Taylor Swift? Sure I would. Yeah, that's that's. What kind of question is that? Oh, man, the Tommy Lasorda rant comparing golf to baseball. You should play that on the V Show. That is well, a, I'm going to. That's now. a good one. Yeah. That is really good. Uh, text or golf and baseball are hard, but uh, take one NFL hit, 99% of people would never play sport again. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's too. Um, Texter, I gave up golf. I suck at baseball, but I haven't given up. <laughs> Good for you. Keep at it. That's how I feel about horse betting. I suck at it, but I keep, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, of course. Hey, there are uh, four derby preps on Saturday, um, and I want to brag on myself, humble brag on myself a little bit. I, I'm not at all sure that anyone else in the country is is doing as much coverage of these races as we are here um, with the Horse Racing Happy Hour, ESPN 680, all those things, Kentucky Racing Spotlight. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Nadeau from uh, Gulfstream Park. Eight graded stakes to close the car at Gulfstream on Saturday. Huge day for the Fountain of Youth. We will talk with him Friday on this show. Uh, we'll talk Gotham with uh, with Matt DeSantis again. And then, of course, uh, we'll talk to our guy, John Lindo, out there in Los Angeles about the San Felipe. Friday night, I'll talk to Caitlin Free and Brad Cox and Keith Asmussen. How about that? That's a heck of a show for Saturday, for Friday. So make sure you are tuned in or catch it on uh, the podcast, but we'll have Keith Asmussen, the uh, jockey, just won his first graded stakes uh, in the Honeybee down in uh, Oakland Park, and then we'll talk with Brad Cox uh, as well for that show. So, man, we are absolutely loaded the next couple of days uh, for those shows. Cox, of course, has three horses running in the Bataglia on Saturday at Turfway. We'll be back at it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Our guy Ben Roberts at 1020. We'll talk about this win over Mississippi State with him and, of course, Jay Davis in the 11 o'clock hour as well. We'll ask him if the NBA is scoring too much. Alongside Zach Cantrell, my name's Louis Rabot. This has been Rabot & Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Have a great rest of your hump day, everybody.